Josh Platt. Josh Platt, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Platt. About Jesse, Jesse right here. Man, we're just blessed. We have such a great band. I just love these guys. Anybody country music fans? Country music fans in the house? How many of you like, would just be honest, in the house of God uh, that you don't like country music? You, you don't? You don't? All right. Okay, look at those people. Oh, haters, haters. They're everywhere. Those are the Taylor Swift fans. I'm, I'm next week. That's what I'm all about. Next week's going to be good. All right, you got a Bible. Let's, let's open it up. Let's go. We're doing playlists. And um, if, you, if you don't know what this series is, is about, uh, I spent so many years of my life, you may know this or not, I spent a lot of years on the radio. And so uh, several years ago, I think it's like our eighth or ninth year to do this. I don't know how many years we've been doing it. Uh, I don't think it's that long. But we, we've been doing this series where we take different songs from the radio because when I was in the radio industry, there's certain songs that you hear that song on the radio and, and it just speaks to you, right? I mean, you just hear it and, and it just says what you're, what you're thinking and it puts into words what you're trying to say. And, and so we're taking different songs and the band does them and then I'm, I'm going to be preaching about them. Today is we're going to be talking about dirt. So let's go to uh, the beginning, Genesis chapter 2. If you have a Bible, go to the very, very beginning, Genesis being the first book of the Bible, and we're going to go to chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse 4. If you have a mobile device, go to corechurch.com. You can download a Bible if you don't have a Bible on your mobile device. If you don't have a Bible, we have them. They're free. At the end of the service, you can come right up here to the front and get them, or you can go back to the next steps room. You can pick them up there. But if you're in a mobile device, I'm in the NLT, the New Living Translation. So if you want to know uh, to follow along. Here's, here's what it says, and this is about the creation account. Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 4, says this. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God had not yet sent, sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land, and then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden to the east, and, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, and trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. And in the middle of that garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's pray together. God, in this moment, we approach your word with reverence and we approach it with fear. And we ask that you would speak to us, God. You, we need you. We just need your Holy Spirit to do that. Um, so I'm asking you, God, to speak through me. I would ask you, church, to pray for the people around you. Uh, you don't have to do that out loud, but just in front of you, behind you, to the side. Just, man, just pray for them. They're going to be open to what God wants to say. And, and pray for me as your pastor. I'm going to be faithful to the text and what God wants for us to hear today. He has a word for us. So if you're ready to hear from the word of God in Jesus' name, give me a big amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I asked this question. Uh, what would I do if I lived my life in light of eternity. We talked about eternity. We talked about uh, the song we did was Phil Collins and In the Air Tonight. And, and so I said, what, what if I lived my life in light of eternity? Anybody here for that week when I did that? 
Okay, about uh, half of you were. Okay, some of the rest of you were. Let me catch you up to speed on what I, I was talking about. We, talk, we talked about heaven, and, and I had this rope that I, I brought out, and I talked about this, this rope, and I wanted, I wanted you to imagine that this rope represents eternity, that it's, it's kind of like um, a, a timeline, and, and this timeline just kind of stretches on and on and on into eternity. And, and I asked this question, knowing that, what if I lived my life in light of eternity? What, what would I do differently? And I, I talked about this little part here, this little tape part. I said, I wanted you to imagine that this part here, it represented your time here on earth. The, the time that you have from dirt to dirt. And, and, and knowing eternity was coming, how would I live my life differently? So here's, here's what I want to do today. Today, I want us to kind of do part two of this message, and I want us to talk about living life from dirt to dirt. Knowing that I'm living my life in light of eternity, how, how will I live my life differently? What exactly am I supposed to be doing from dirt to dirt? I'd like for you to write this down, because this is where we're going today. What I do from dirt to dirt, matters for all eternity. What I do from dirt to dirt matters for all eternity. We all seek to live a full life, right? I mean, everybody wants to live a long and healthy life. So let's say that this, this part here, this tape part, let's say it represents 80 years, okay? Let's say you're gonna get 80 years. Now, the truth is, is, is not all of us are going to get that. Sickness will, will take us out. There'll be accidents. There'll be health issues and struggles that we'll deal with. And, but and statistics say it at, on average, we live to be about 70. But let's just say God blesses every one of us. We get to live a full life and we live to be about 80. Where, where are you at on this timeline? For some of us, you're, you're, ju- you're just barely getting started. Like you just, you just barely into that timeline. You got a long road ahead of you. And, and some of you, you're, you're, you're almost at the end of the timeline, right? Like you're one step away from eternity. And some of us are in the, the middle, the, the midlife crisis of this, right? We're stuck here right in the middle. Well, here's what I want to ask you. No matter where you find yourself from dirt to dirt, think about what you've accomplished so far in this life. Think about the good things that have happened for you. Like, like in, in the song, okay, let's, let's talk about the song for just a minute. Uh, anybody here grow up on a farm and plant a cornfield or live with a cornfield right now? Raise your hand. Cornfield people, we got a few, we got a few, all right. Anybody got a garden? Anybody gardeners here? All right, I am not, I can't touch anything. I just, it's, I grow weeds. I'm really, really good at growing weeds. So some of us have grown cornfields, some of us had whiskey bonfires, but we're not going to talk about that. There's, uh, there's no guilt or condemnation here for you, all right? How many of you had a bonfire? Let's just bonfire, bonfire. Yeah, everybody's, everybody, you can't be in Oklahoma, right, without doing, without doing the bonfire. Anybody ever gotten stuck in the dirt, gotten stuck in the mud? All right, yeah, you can't, I mean, you get, if you're in Oklahoma, chances are, you, anybody been mudding? Yeah, mudding. I, all right, you're my people. That's awesome. This is a great crowd. You, you don't find that everywhere else. I love that. Going mudding. We went mudding. Uh, mudding. We went mudding. It's called mudding, not mudding. Uh, that's, that's what people in California, you've been mudding? Uh, 
No, mud. We went mud uh, when I was the youth pastor. So those of you that don't know this journey, I was the children's pastor, the youth pastor, and now the lead pastor. And, and when I was the youth pastor, we had this idea that we were, uh, Brian Darnell had gotten this Bronco, and he's like, hey, let's go mudding. And so we took a bunch of the youth and we went mudding over behind Lowe's at, uh, off of 169, illegally. Uh, there's no guilt or condemnation here for those of you with the whiskey bonfire, okay? Man. So we, we met, well, we got stuck. We got stuck really, really bad. So bad, we called other buddies to show up. One guy shows up with a chainsaw. We're cutting down trees. I'm not kidding you. This thing went on into the night. At the, by the end of the night, there was a police flyover, a helicopter shining a spotlight on us. I was like, this is not going to end well for me. But so some of us have had that. Um, sadly, some of us have, have, from dirt to dirt, you've, you've put crosses in it. You've lost somebody you love. I think every one of us have probably experienced loss. And honestly, you can't wait for eternity, right? They knew Jesus. You're just thinking about, man, I I can't wait to see my grandma Edna. I can't wait for that day. I got her Bible, and I love it. It's one of my most cherished possessions, and she's such a godly woman, and I lost her when I was about 10 years old. I think about her all the time because she's so special to me, and but one day, I'm in light of eternity, I'm going to get to see her again. So we put crosses in it. We put goalposts in it, right? Maybe you played youth sports. Anybody play sports? Anybody's been in a sport? You played a sport. You played a sport. How many of you got kids in sports, all right? Yeah, I've done that. Done the kids' sports thing. You put some goalposts in it. Uh, in fact, we actually, uh, my oldest son played uh, high school football, and I will never forget when we were in Muskogee, and the game was getting ready to start, and the PA announcer came on and said, would the young man on the goalpost please get down? Young man on the goalpost. And I'm sitting there with my wife, and I go, what parent is letting their kid climb on goalposts? And I look out, and it's Herc. He was nine at the time, and he was standing on top of the goalpost, just hanging out. That's who he was. So maybe you, you, maybe you put some, some goalposts in it. Anybody, anybody homeowners, you got the 10% down white picket fence house on the dirt. Yeah, so, so how many, anybody, in a, you live in a house, got the house, raise your hand. Okay, all right, I figured there were some homeowners here. So there's, there's all kinds of different things that we've done. There's great things that we have accomplished. And here's what I want to say to you. This is the point in the message where most preachers go, but that doesn't count. That doesn't matter because eternity is coming. I'm going to tell you that stuff's important. God ordains that. Like, from dirt to dirt, there's things he wants you to accomplish. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to discover love. He wants you to have laughter. All of those things. And they come from doing various things that are given to us by God. God is the one who made a garden. That's why you love gardening, because God's the one who did it. So there's things that we're supposed to be doing from dirt to dirt that are, that are just great and that, that are such an accomplishment, and we should be excited about that for one another when we accomplish something great. But he, here's the thing, though. When you think about this, though, in light of eternity, God has a greater purpose in mind. If I think about living my life from dirt to dirt and eternity is coming, there's something bigger and something greater than even the things I've accomplished on this life. So what is that? I, I want us to take a, a few minutes this morning, and I, I want us to look at that. I want us to go back to the Scripture for this, and we're going to go back to the beginning, to Genesis, because 
the thing is, is you and I, we are unlike anything else God has created. No, there's nothing else like us in creation. Why? Because he had a greater plan when he created us. Go back to the beginning. Go back to Genesis chapter 1. Just, go, just go, flip over a few pages, okay, to Genesis chapter 1. Just one page over there. And you'll notice something that's different than Genesis chapter 2. When, when God created man, he did one thing, but when he created everything else, he did something completely different. When he, when he created the, the earth, the heavens and the earth, he spoke them into existence. That's what he did. He, I mean, it's like God's just effortlessly standing there, and he just speaks it, and it happens. You look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, then God said. You go to verse 6, and it says, then God said, and then uh, there's evening and morning and second day, and then you go to verse 9, and it says, then God what? Said. Then God what? Said. So God spoke. He's speaking things into existence. Evening and morning passes, and then, then in verse 14, it says, then God Come on, this isn't, this isn't complicated. Then God, okay, then God said. God spoke everything into existence. Evening and morning, verse 20, then God, then God said. Evening and morning, and then more creation takes place in verse 24. Then God, God said. God spoke everything into existence. But when it came to creating you and me, he did something he had not done and he hasn't done since. He did it completely different. Go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It's different. It says this. This is, this is the creation of man. Then the Lord God did what? Let's say this together. Formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he did what? Let's say this. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. The song says, you know you came from it, and someday... You'll return to this. You and I, formed by the hand of God, from the dirt of the earth. This, this, is, this is our God. We're, we're the only creation that he formed with his hands. He's, he, 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 said, I, I, like he says, I'm going to take my, my time with this. So God, everything else, God just kind of speaks and it happens. But this time he stops and, and he doesn't, he, God gets down into the dirt. And he's thinking about you. And, and he reaches down in the dirt and he begins to form you and me. Taking his Time and then he does something he's never done and he breathes the breath of life into each of us. Didn't do that with any other creation. This is why, because listen, when something is handcrafted, it has value and worth, does it not? Like when it is handmade, like if you have something in your house and it's handmade, you always put it in a place where it, most people can't touch it or you're going to, that's handmade. Be careful with that. It's one of a kind. Because when it's handmade, it, it, it has incredible value and worth. I, I was talking to Daniel about this uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and he told me about this guy that, that makes guitars and his name is, I'm not a guitar player so I've never even heard of this guy, but his name is um, Irvin... Samoji, I think I said that right. And, and his guitars, 
his guitars start at like $35,000, okay? 35 grand for a guitar. Why are they so expensive? Because they are handcrafted. So I went on this guy's website. I'm like, I gotta see these, I gotta see these guitars, see what's so special about them. And when I went on his, his website, it, it said this on the front page of his website. He said this, as a custom maker, hardly any two guitars I make are alike. As I work closely with my clients to make each one a guitar that fits them as individually as possible. If you commission a guitar for me, I, I'd like, listen to this, he says, I'd like a tracing of your left hand and information about the average seasonal humidity in your area. This guy, now I know why they're $35,000. He said, I'd also like to know something about you. Why? It's just a guitar, but I want to know something about you. He says, I want to know the kind of music you play, how you play it, what gauge strings you prefer, and also the indoor environment that the guitar is likely to live in. It's not a living, breathing thing, but he's like, where's this little guitar going to live? I got to give it a good home. This, is, this got 35,000, why? Because when you make something, you take your time. This is, he's a master craftsman. Listen, you are custom made by the custom maker. This is your God. That's a good place to say amen. You are custom made by the custom maker. Amen? Like he took his time. He thought of everything when he created you. When he was down in the dirt and he was forming you, he's tracing your left hand. He thought, God thought about where you were going to live. He's down in the dirt and he is forming you. Think about this. If you think you have no value, you have no worth, you are created by the creator, the hand of God who chose to breathe his breath into you. He knew where you were going to live. He knew the relationships you would be in. He knew the struggle you would face. You know why you have the personality you have? You know why you have the makeup you have and the way you, where you live and what you do? It's because the creator made it all part of the grand design. He thought about you and he thought about me. That's why what I do, do from dirt to dirt matters for all eternity. We were created from the dirt, but we were not designed to stay there. Some of you, think about this. You were created from the dirt, and you're still there. That's not God's grand design. That's not his plan for you. You know whose plan that is? The enemy. See, you have a grand creator, an amazing creator who thought about you, who created you, who loves you, has a purpose for you, a grand design for you, but you have to recognize you have an enemy. And he does not want to see you out of that dirt. That's the beginning story. That's the story of creation. God creates Adam and Eve with this perfect plan, grandiose plan. But the enemy comes in, right? The devil, he's the deceiver. The serpent shows up. He deceives Adam and Eve and says, hey, God's holding out on you. Yeah, God's holding out on you. You, you, you don't know all that you're, you know what? He's holding out and there's some things you don't know about. You need to go out and explore it a little bit. You don't need God. Just take a little bite of this. And what happened? They listened to the deceiver, their eyes were open, and the fall, sin entered the picture. And then we see in Genesis 
chapter 3, if you were to skip ahead to Genesis chapter 3, just a, just a chapter after creating man, God said this to the man after the fall. Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will what? Come on, people. All your life you will what? Let's say this together, okay? It helps me. All your life you will struggle. Is it not on the screen? It's not on the screen. No wonder. I'm sorry. It's not on the screen. I was like, why are they not, like, why am I not getting any feedback here? Why are they not saying, like, I don't know. What, is this, what is this? Is this Wheel of Fortune? I don't know what the next word is, okay? There. Okay, now let's try this again, okay? I was like, why are they not with me this morning? Okay. Let's try this again. All your life, now you're with me. All your life you will. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much. Okay, you will struggle like I'm struggling right now to scratch a living from it. It will grow what? Thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains, but Jesus, 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 help me right now. All right, just, just take my word for it. Okay, here's the words. Just take my words for it. By the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. You know you came from it. Someday you're going to return to it. Here's the enemy's plan, okay? If you didn't see it on the screen, you can write this down. Here's the enemy's plan for you. Thorns, thistles, struggle, and sweat. That's not God's plan. That was not God's plan. That was the enemy's plan. Thorns, thistles, struggle, and sweat. Listen, when I, when I was in eighth grade, I went out for football. All my life, I dreamed of playing football, playing tackle football. Okay, I wanted to play tackle football, and I, I thought, man, I, I can do this. And, and I got into eighth grade, and I had a huge one-year playing career, uh, thanks to a guy named Mark Noonan. Mark Noonan was the biggest, baddest, meanest kid I had ever seen in my life. This dude was huge, and in eighth grade, he had not just a beard, he had hair from the top of his head to the bottom of his toenails. This dude was just stacked. I mean, he's just like a Neanderthal of a man. In eighth grade, everyone feared him. Now, if you don't believe me, I don't know if we can get the picture because I think we are having some problems. That's what's going on here. But do we have the picture? Can you show the picture? Oh, we got it. That's him now as an adult. So I knew when I saw this, this is on his Facebook page, okay? And, and I thought, what I thought, because I thought I had imagined it, that he was that big. And then I saw the dude's got a cutoff shirt in front of a semi with a Confederate flag. I am not messing with you. Doesn't he just look like, come on, boy, what you got? You want to go one more time, Farnsworth? I mean, that's just what, I know you don't hear that, but that's what I hear. I know he's looking at me. I know when he posed that picture, they're like, you need to look big, bad, and mean, like you just stomped somebody and killed him. He goes, all right, I'm going to think of Farnsworth. All right. <laughs> Snap it now. <laughs> so I'm in eighth grade. Mark Noonan begins and ends my playing career because they, they have this drill and it's called the Oklahoma drill. They still do it today. Um, yeah, got some football players. Yeah, still do the Oklahoma drill. And what they do is they have these tackling dummies that they set up and, and then they put a group of guys on one side of the ball and a group of guys on the other. 
and you line up one-on-one, -on -one, okay? So the guy on one side is playing defense, and he's supposed to tackle the guy on offense. As he's handed the ball, he's got to run through the tackling dummies. Y'all with me? Amen? Okay, five of you are with me. Okay, all right, so you got to run through these tackling dummies, and the guy on the other side comes in, and his goal is to tackle you so you don't get through there. And so what every guy does, every guy does this, I know it, is as you get a little closer and it starts to get close to your turn, you count how many guys are in front of you. So you're counting like, I remember doing this, counting one, two, three, four, and then you count back to see who's gonna, you're going to be going against. And I'm like, okay, I'll see who I'm against. One, two, three, Mark Noonan. All right. You want to switch with me, man? You want to switch with me? I ain't switching with you, man. No. Good luck. God be with you. So I, I get up to the, the front, and Mark Noonan is snorting at me, and, and he's got chewing tobacco in his lip, and nobody's going to tell him he can't chew. He's just doing it. He's been doing that since third grade. And so this dude's big, bad, and mean. And so uh, the coach, you know, down set hut, and he hands me the ball, and I would love to tell you that I'm like, come on, baby, and I'm just like charging through that line. I, I didn't. I just closed my eyes. I'm like, help me, Jesus. I swear, I think I ran through the line like this. Oh, Jesus! I was so scared. I ran through the line. Mark Noonan, whiff, he misses me. <laughs> yes! I go down the line. I'm high-fiving every guy. They're like, you're the man, Farger. That's right, I'm the man. Woohoo! Noonan totally missed me. And as I'm going to the back of the line, I hear the coach, and he is just hot. And he yells, Noonan, get over here. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Go get all lit up by the coach. And, and then the coach is lighting him up, and he's like, where's Farnsworth? Calls me back to the front of the line, lines me up a second time against Brother Noonan. I got right with Jesus right before this moment, and I had to go again. And this time when they sit down, said, huh, and they handed me the ball, Mark Noonan, he just wrapped me up perfect textbook tackle and slammed me into the dirt, thus ending my playing career one year, thanks to Mark Noonan. Listen, the enemy, his goal is to line up against you and drive you into the dirt and for you to stay there. That's where he wants you. That's where he wants you to stay. That's where he wants you to live, is in the dirt. He, his plan for you, as the word says here, is thorns, thistles, struggle, and sweat. Where, where, where life doesn't matter, where life has no purpose, that there's nothing for you, that you don't matter to jack squat. There's nothing good in you. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. Nobody wants to have anything to do with you. You ain't got no talent. You ain't got no giftings. I mean, you ain't got nothing. You don't have money. You don't have status. Who are you? He wants to wrap you up and drive you into the dirt so that you will stay there. But that is not God's plan. That is not God's plan at all, because life knocks us into the dirt, but God specializes in the dirt. Like when the enemy knocks you into the dirt, God's like, are you kidding me? 
Like you put them right where I wanted them. Did you forget that that's where I started? Like that's exactly where I said, okay, that's fine. I can work with dirt. I can work with your junk. I can work with the thorns. I can work with the thistles. See, Adam, Adam was formed from the dirt. If you were to go back to chapter 2 and read that again, chapter 2 and and verse 7, we won't go back there, but if you went back there, remember this, Adam was formed from the dirt, but he didn't have any life in him until God breathed the breath of life into him. The same God that breathed life into Adam is the same God that wants to breathe life into you and you and you and you and you and you. He wants you to have life He wants you to have his life. He wants you to have it abundantly. See, God God made a way out of the thorns and the thistles and the struggle and the sweat through the person of Jesus Christ. That's our way out. Jesus. Jesus took on the crown of what? Anybody? The crown of thorns. He took on, he actually took on thorns. He's been in the thorns and the thistles. He took that on for you and for me, went to the cross, his blood shed for you and for me so that life could be breathed back into us. What Adam did, Jesus undid, okay? It was undone through Jesus. Romans 5.18 tells us this so clearly. Romans 5.18, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, But Christ, one act of righteousness, brings a right relationship with God and what? New life for everyone. Turn the person next to you and say, you can have a new life. You you can have a new life. Jesus gave his life. Think about this. He gave his life on that cross. He was laid in the dirt for three days. And then what happened? The Spirit of God breathed life back into Jesus and raised him up out of the dirt. And that same Jesus that was risen from the dirt now ascended and lives at the right hand of the Father. And he says, I have a purpose and I have a plan for you. He says, you know what? The same spirit that breathed life into me can breathe life into you. But here's the thing. As God lifts us out of the dirt, what he's calling us to do is then in turn lift others out of the dirt. That's our great purpose in life. That's the great plan that God has for us. See, he has amazing things for you from dirt to dirt. So many things that he wants to see accomplished in your your life. But but if you live your life in light of eternity, if you think about as eternity is coming, what, what God says is do those things. Enjoy all of those things. I made those things for you. But don't forget about the greater purpose of your life. And that is, as I have lifted you out of the dirt, Go and help lift others out of the dirt. See, this isn't just a timeline. This is really, this is a lifeline. That's what this is. This is a lifeline, and your life is a handle for others to grab a hold of. 
so that they can be pulled out of the dirt. Let me, let me give you an example of this. Steven, come here. Come here. Jump up. So here's how this works. My life is a handle. I extend that to Stephen, and then I pull him up out of the dirt. And then he, in turn, joins me and links arms with me, and then we go, and we help find somebody. Hunter, come here, come here. All right, so and we go, and together, we look for others that we can pull out of the dirt. My life is a handle, and I reach out my handle, and then we pull someone else out of the dirt, okay? All right, I need somebody. Uh, uh, Alicia, come here. Come here, Alicia. Alicia Davis. So that, then... What happens? We are continuing to work together, to join together. My life is a handle. I, we extend this out. And what do we do? We reach down and we pull somebody out of the one, one more. Jenny, come here, come here, come here. All right, so this is this is Jenny. Jenny got baptized a few months ago. Give it up, Jenny! Woo! So what do we do? We 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 re, we reach down the handle and we pull them out of the dirt. We all get on the lifeline. Everybody playing their part. Your life from dirt to dirt matters for all eternity. God is calling you to take this handle and extend it down to others, to reach out to them. Just give these guys a hand. Thank you guys so much. This is the story of our church. 15 years extending the handle reaching down and lifting people out of the dirt it's been our story and our journey you know this 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 church <laughs> this church actually came out of the thorns and the thistles like this land that we sit on I, I was here over a decade ago when our founding pastor Brett Rickey brought a few of us out here on this land and there was nothing here the turnpike was barely being made. There was no exit ramp off of Aspen. There was no Warren Theater. There was no grand development. All of the development was taking place in North Broken Arrow at the time. And he came out, we all stood on 40 acres of thorns and thistles. There was about five or six of us. And he began to cast this vision. those soccer fields they didn't look like that and I praise God for a visionary leader who saw what I didn't see because when I walked around all I was like all I see are thorns and thistles and all the growth happening on the other side of town are you kidding me and he said no no this is this is where God wants us this is this is it this I know this is where and he began to cast this vision he began to see and paint this picture and
together for 15 years. We've been pulling people out of the dirt. That's why we're here. That's why we exist. That's what we're about. So if you wonder, why am I here? What's, what's, what's my point of life? I just want to encourage you. Just make your life a handle. Make it a handle. Dedicate your life to extending that handle to others and lifting them out of the dirt. Don't let the enemy or anyone in your life tell you that what you do from dirt to dirt doesn't matter. Because what you do, created by the hand of God, from the dirt, he raised you up. And he says, what you do from dirt to dirt, it matters for all eternity. and so good to this church for 15 years now. You're good, you're bad. You're so faithful. Today, if you're here and you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that God has a plan for you. He has good for you. He, he wants to resurrect your life. He wants to lift you out of the dirt. If you're not a follower of Jesus, Today is the day where you can just simply say to him, God, I know I'm a sinner. I've gone away from you. I want to come back to you. Maybe you followed him at one time, but maybe you've drifted and maybe you've gone away from him. And maybe today is the day you say, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. And you can do that by simply saying, God, lift me out of this dirt. Forgive my sin. Make me new today. Make that your prayer right now. God, today I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to follow you. Today I'm giving myself to you for the very first time. Or maybe you're saying, today I am rededicating myself. God, I've been away from you. I need to come back to you. I am your son. I am your daughter. I am living for you for all eternity. God, thank you for the forgiveness of sin. Thank you, God, for new life every head bowed. If I, I won't embarrass you. I don't want, I'm not going to make you come up here or anything. I just want to know who you are. If you prayed that prayer today to give your life to Jesus or to rededicate your life to him, would you just raise your hand just for a moment so I can see who you are? Thank you. Got you over here on the side. On both sides. I see hands on both sides. Anybody in the middle today you gave your life to Jesus or maybe thank you. I see you. All right. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you for these people. God, who are making this commitment. Holy Spirit, fill them they know that they, today they are your son. They are your daughter. You're lifting them up out of the dirt. Every head bowed. Those of you that are followers of Jesus. Thinking about where you've been and what God has for you. Dedicate yourself. Being a handle. God, make me a handle for others. I want to extend to you. But here's what I know today, and I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand because I know for some of you that would be just too difficult to do. Some of you today, when I was talking about God having a purpose and a plan that he loves you, that he created you, it's so difficult for you to believe in. And you're a follower of Jesus and you're embarrassed of that. You're like, I have Jesus in me, but I, I have no self-worth. 
I just can't believe that anybody would love me. I can't believe that God would have a purpose or a plan. I want to speak that over you today. I want to pray over you today. God has a purpose and a plan. God, for those who are feeling that today, in Jesus' name, lift them out of the dirt. I pray the lies of the enemy would be gone in Jesus' name. They were not created for thorns, thistles, struggle, or sweat. They were created for a purpose and for a plan. And I ask your Holy Spirit to speak to them now. That they would know I have value, I have worth, and Jesus loves me unconditionally. He loves me and he cares about me and he has a purpose for me. And I give him honor and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God a big hand clap today for what he's doing. Man, he's so good.